The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. I'm the youth leader here and um, I'm usually upstairs. Today we are bringing youth here. You are all youthful people. Yes, we feel young inside. Amen. And um, I'm really passionate about young people. I think, boy, is it one of the hardest things to be as a teenager. And I think even more so than when I was a teenager. Thank God that there wasn't Instagram and TikTok and all this because I already struggled enough, <laughs> let alone all of that. Um, and so often I see young people grow up in a church environment and then they might get to sick form or university or something like that. And we don't hear from them again. They disappear. And I don't want that to happen. I want that to change. And I, I've been thinking about that. And I think often it's because young people can just come to church because their parents dragged them here. Or they just accept everything that you hear. And that's a good thing. We want to, obviously, what we've been doing just here, train our children and teach them about the ways of God. That's very, very important. But we all know that at some point it's a personal decision. It has to be a personal relationship. And we have to have our own revelation of who God is and everything that comes with that. And so in BTC Youth, we are about real faith in real life. I want to see them have a genuine faith Um, and something strong, you know? So when the storms of life come, that we don't fly away. I, I mean, I was talking to other young people before. I kind of think of our faith as a bit like a tent. You're either one of those people that just quickly puts your tent up and you think, oh, just put a tent peg here, there, and everywhere. Or you're someone like the Burns, or you're someone like the Akinjuis, who are seasoned campers. And they know that you need to put your tent up and you've got to put all those tent pegs in there. You've got to make sure the inside is not touching the outside because otherwise all the water comes in because we're in England here. It's probably going to rain. And I mean, I've heard of stories where (laughs) people get washed out. Um, I saw, I think it was in Japan or somewhere, there was some sort of festival and people didn't put their tents pegged properly. And the wind came and literally there's like... It looks like hot air balloons, just all of the tents going in the sky because they're not pegged down. And so I have liked to think about all these different tent pegs. We need to have different tent pegs of our faith. So when the storms come, because they will, um, you might lose one or two, but if you've got enough, then your faith is still grounded. You see what I'm saying? Okay, good. So over the last year, I'm going to just give you a recap of what we've been doing. We have looked at, I was going to ask them to put their hands up, but I'm like, I won't embarrass you all. They're already looking like, please. <sighs> we get enough embarrassment from our parents. Um, we have talked about what do we believe and why do we believe it? We don't often think of that. Why do we believe what we believe? We've talked about different awkward questions. We had a whole section on, that's a good question. We talked about how do we know God is real? Is the Bible accurate and reliable? Why is there suffering? What about the dinosaurs? Where do they fit into all of this? And um, this term, we are looking at 
the truth will set you free. So we've done maybe two or three weeks on this, is that right? Uh, that's where you nod, young people say, yes, we are. Brilliant, brilliant. So I'm going to give you a quick recap, so you're up to speed, and then you're going to just learn what we would be learning upstairs today. All right, you up for it? Yeah, all right. So, um, it's, it's not easy stuff, this, guys. We're clever, okay? So, um, we have so far already looked at what is the definition of truth? So hopefully, here we go. These are some of the things we've already looked at. What is the definition of truth? Why is it important that we know the truth? We've looked at, is the truth objective or subjective? And uh, We've looked at the source of truth. And then we've talked about what is a worldview. I'm going to quickly, very quickly, explain those to you because some people are probably like, oh, no, I don't actually know. So the first one, what is the definition of truth? You guys should know. But it's a statement or belief or a thing that lines up with reality. Sounds pretty simple because kind of it is. It's something that's actually real. It's the truth. It's what actually happened. It actually is what it is. Um, second one, why is it important we know the truth? Well, we want to know what's real, don't we? And, and knowing the truth can impact the way we live our lives. And actually, more importantly, living and accepting the truth has eternal consequences. We're not just thinking about our life now, but we're thinking about what happens after we die. Are we following the truth or are we not following the truth? Are you still with me? Good. All right, next one. Is the truth objective or subjective? Well, if I hold this banana up, you guys know at the front here exactly what I'm going to do. Anessu, would you like to come up to the front here? Come on, come up. This is a little uh, thing that we did a couple of weeks ago, and I think, Eva, would you like to hold this for me? He's like, <laughs> well, I'm up here. Could you tell me what this is, please? Banana. It's a banana. So this is, do you like bananas? No. You, you don't like bananas? <laughs> That's a shame. Someone who likes bananas can have this afterwards. Now, why have I got this banana? Is this a banana? Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, if I was to say that this is a pear, I feel this is a pear, guys. This is, this is a pear. What is this? A banana. Good. So it's, it's not a pear? But I really feel like it's a pear. Is, is it a pear? No. No, it's not a pear. What about if I uh, took the skin off it? Is it still a banana? It's a peeled banana. It's, a, it's, yeah, it's a peeled banana. That's right. But it's still a banana. Right? What about... Someone actually said this. I think it was Dabs. She said, hang on a minute. What about... We call it a banana, but in other countries, they might call it something else. They're a different language. And I said, you're right. It is calling it something different. But it's still, it's still a banana, isn't it? Whether we call it whatever it is. So it's, it's not going to change, is it? If I draw a smiley face on it, it's not going to turn into a person. It's not going to be a phone or a smile. Could be, could be used for all these sorts of things. But we know that this is a banana. Is that right? Yeah. Great. You're, he's still looking at me like clueless here. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you. You okay. can take the banana with you. Okay. And you can give it to someone who likes bananas. Thank you. Now, that was quite tame, but actually when we did it upstairs, we were all getting into it, weren't we? We were like, no, because someone might say it's a pear, but does it make it a pear? No, it doesn't make it a pear, because the truth is objective. 
Okay, it's an object. It's not based on what we think. I don't care whether you like bananas or not. It's still a banana. I don't care <laughs> if you call it a pear. It's, sorry, it's not a pear. It's not going to turn into a pear. It's a banana. Okay, the truth is the reality. It's true for all people at all times. So now you will remember me standing here with a banana. Okay, and you'll remember that forever. Okay, and the truth is objective. It's not based on what we feel about it. Next one, we did what is the source of truth? I think we all know this one. God is the source of truth. He is the truth. And finally, we talked about what is a worldview. And we're actually going to be talking more about this over the next few weeks upstairs. So if you think of it like a pair of glasses, it's the lens that where you look through the world, okay? So you'll look, we all have it, we may not realize, but we're all looking at the world through our lens, through our belief systems. What are belief systems? They're kind of how we try to answer the big questions in life. Things like, does God exist? How did the world get here? What is being human? What happens when we die? What is the truth? We all, we don't necessarily sit there and think, I'm going to think about all these things. But we have all made assumptions in our mind and we all have our different ways of thinking, our world view. And how we view the world through this lens is how we're going to live our lives. Okay, so you're up to date now. So. I'm going to continue our next one. I think one of the hardest things um, with young people and is knowing what the truth is. The truth will set you free. We hear that all the time. You don't have to be a Christian to say that. It's probably on a little pillow somewhere or on a, a slogan. The truth will set you free. And it's one of those things that we just love to just throw around. But really, kind of, what, what kind of truth are we thinking here? And... And I don't know if you've heard this before, but in our culture at the moment, we love to say, live your truth. Live your truth. Anyone heard that before? Yeah, thank you. You need to remember you've got to keep me right here so I know that you're still away. Thank you. So if, if that's true for you, that's cool. You do you. The tr your truth will set you free. Truth will set you free. But they're not really thinking about what they're saying. They're saying, live your truth. But actually, we're talking about living the truth. The truth will set you free. So you've all heard that verse. We're going to look at it now in the Bible. Okay, so it's in John 8. So I'm going to give you a bit of context. So Jesus has been somewhere. I can't remember where he is, but he's come back to Jerusalem. And he's in his favorite place in the morning. He's uh, hanging out in the temple. Um, he's, I don't know what he's doing there. Maybe he's just hanging out and the people are coming into the temple. They're seeing that Jesus is there. So they're like, that guy Jesus is there. Go and get your friends. Go and, go and bring them. And, and soon there's like a crowd that gathers. And he begins teaching um, to the people there. And then, then the Jewish um, teachers and Pharisees drag a woman who's been caught in adultery. They bring her. We know that story. Um, the Jewish leaders, they want to stone her to death. And Jesus says... <laughs> first one who's without sin here gets to throw the first stone. And as we know, everybody starts to shrink back because they realize that we're just as bad. Um, and he goes on, he teaches a bit more about how he's the light of the world. He talks about how God is his heavenly father, about how he only does what he sees his father doing. Um, he also talks about how he's going to die. And they're kind of like, they're just confused. They're just confused. Anyway, so now we're going to read. Okay, so this is John... 8.31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, 
You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. You are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. That's quite long there, but I'm just going to break it up quickly. All right? So I'm going to start from the beginning again. These are some of my observations from reading this. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him. I never thought about that before. Okay, he's not, this, he's not just saying the truth will set you free to any old body. He's, he's saying this in the equivalent of his church, with people that come to church, with people that know the rules, the regulations, the way to do things. They know about God. They believed in him. He's saying this to them. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Okay, They're already thinking, well, we already do all this. We, we come every day, whatever it is. We do our sacrifices. We know the truth. What are you going on about? <laughs> um, and he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there is no room in your hearts for my message. I thought that was so impactful. Okay, these are people here who think they're doing the right thing. They're following all the right steps. They're like, Jesus, I don't know what you're going on about. I know the truth. I, I, know, I know it. You know, what is it? But Jesus is saying, there's no room in your hearts for my message. Why is that? What, what's going on with them? What, what, they're focusing more on themselves. They're, fo they're following these things, but they're not really getting down to what the real matter is. They've got the head knowledge. It's like what Jonathan said last week or whatever it was. You've got the head knowledge, but you've not got the heart knowledge. Okay, We can go through the steps, but if you're not believing it in your heart, it doesn't make a difference. You know, There's no room in your hearts for my message. And we'll go to the next bit. So it says here, and they're, they're getting really annoyed. They're like, we're, we're children of Abraham. You know, they're basically saying, we're, we're Jews. What are you talking about? Of course, of course we know the truth. It's what we've lived with. We, we follow it all. We, we study the Torah. We know what we're doing. But Jesus says, no, uh, no, you are imitating your real father. 
And they're still confused. Go to the next one. You can't even hear me, for you are children of your father, the devil. Ah! I bet at that point they're like, okay, whoa, hang on a minute here. You know, I'm doing everything right. Doing everything right. How dare you say that I'm from the devil? How dare you? And Jesus goes on to say, he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. So we talked about how the source of truth is God. Well, I think we see what the source of lies are. Yeah? For he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. How often are we like that? <laughs> we just say, no, we know what we're talking about. We're not actually listening. We're actually giving a chance to hear what the truth is. But God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you do not belong to God. Okay, so that's it's quite harsh. <laughs> and I think if I, if I was them, if someone was to say that to me, I'd be like, I'll go to church, I'll do all this. I don't know what you're talking about. I know the truth. I do know the truth. But as we can see, Jesus is saying, hang on a minute. You need to reassess. You need to really think about it because there's no room in your hearts for me right now. What I'm saying to you is just going over your head and you really need to listen because I am the truth and what I'm going to tell you is true. So what can we learn about truth? My first point is truth can be awkward and uncomfortable. Have you ever been the person who, (laughs) when you get home, you look in the mirror And you're like, oh, my days, what is that on my face? I mean, I've had hot chocolate before, you know, with like all the whipped cream, and you just, you love it. And then you don't realize that you've got like a big line here of like chocolate powder or whipped cream, and you've just been walking around all day. Or perhaps you've had your fly undone. That's that's awkward. Or if you're a lady here, and you know, your skirt gets caught in your knickers, that's, that's one of the worst. And I have to say, this still haunts me to this day, okay? There, I was at a cafe with Dan and the kids, and um, it's terrifying. And there was a girl who worked there, and she was cleaning the tables, and I just happened to look over, and she was wearing, well, it, you could call it a skirt, but it, yeah, it didn't really, co- it didn't cover anything, basically, and you could, you could see everything, okay? Where the sun don't shine, is what I'm going to say, okay? And I was like, oh my goodness, that girl, couldn't see everything. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to tell her. I'm going to have to tell her. And I thought, I'm going to have to tell her. Anyway, I can tell you now, it still haunts me to this day because I did not tell the girl. I did not tell the girl and I feel bad about it. So, Lord, forgive me. I should have told the girl that everything was out there on display, which I'm pretty sure she really didn't mean for that to happen. But have you ever been that person and you said to your friend, you got, uh, you got a little fighting in your tooth there? It's awkward. It's awkward to tell the person. It's awkward to be the person. But, I mean, nowadays, you know, you could could tell them the truth. You've got got something in your teeth, and they might say, yeah, I've got something in my teeth. It's meant to be there. It's, It's to nourish my teeth. It's just a new fashion, you know? If they say it, if they say their truth, Make it the truth, but the truth is you've got sang in your teeth, get it out because you need to clean them. Okay? But it can be awkward and uncomfortable. And I think we don't like that. Like Jesus is saying to the people, he's being really harsh with them, but it's the truth. And sometimes we have to hear the truth. And it's awkward and uncomfortable. And that's okay. 
We don't have to freak out. We don't have to be like, you're persecuting me. You're oppressing me. You're demonizing me. It's like, no, I'm telling you the truth. Now, obviously, we need to watch how we say the truth, okay? If you're married here, you wake up in the morning, you turn over, you say, hello, hello. Yeah, it's the morning breath, okay? So you can be like, oh, my goodness, you stink. Or you can be like, I think you might need to go and clean your teeth. It's a, it's a little bit stinky. You know, there's a difference there, isn't there? So we can all think about how we, how we deliver the truth. But we do need to tell the truth, okay? It can be awkward and uncomfortable, but that is okay. Second point, the truth is still the truth, regardless of how we feel or what we prefer. Now, obviously, we had the banana, the famous banana there. And... Alessa, you didn't like bananas. Where's he gone? He's gone. He's disappeared. He's in the toilet hiding because I made him stand up on stage. It, it doesn't matter if someone called it a pear. It doesn't matter if someone didn't like it. It's still a banana, okay? The truth is still the truth. And I think so often we focus on what we think and what we feel. And that can be very consuming, Speaking as someone who really struggles with emotions, I've had mental health problems for many years. I know what it's like, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't just ignore our feelings, okay? That's kind of what got us into this mess, especially the British people. Don't show any emotion. Don't talk about anything, you know? That's not right. But then equally, I feel like maybe we've gone a bit too far the other way now, where it's like, let's just tell everyone our feelings... I'm just going to believe them, I'm just going to go with it, just do it. But that's wrong too, because feelings are not facts. It may feel really real, and I'm not saying, you know, emotions, we need them. Everyone had them, Jesus had them. When his friend Lazarus died, he wept, he cried, he, he was upset. You know, it's, it's okay to have emotions, we need those, they are actually what keep us healthy, that we need them for our, you know, for in danger. Um, but we can't let them be the only source. You can't, we can't just completely follow our feelings because they're not always true. I, I like to think of emotions and feelings a bit like a warning light on a car. So, you know, when you're driving and suddenly a warning light comes up, you, you've got an opportunity there. Either you can just ignore it, which quite often, you know, well, ah, it'd be fine. We'll just carry on, and then you break down. Or um, <laughs> we can, yeah, just, just ignore it, repress it. Or, or maybe we could go the other way. It's like, I'm not going to drive it. I'm not going to drive it at all. That's fine. I'm going to get a motorcycle. Just, I'm not going to drive a car. But in reality, what we need to do is we, we look at the warning light. Okay, we might go to the book, and we'll be like, okay, there's a warning light. What does that tell us? Um, it might be that we need to go and see a mechanic or an expert to help us with that. But feelings are good, but we just need to assess them. We need to think about why we have them, what's the root cause, but don't have them as the ultimate go-to, yeah? We need to think about what the truth is. So the truth is still the truth, regardless of how we feel or what we prefer. Next one. If we are not living for the truth, then what are we living for? What are we living for? And Jesus, again, was really direct, wasn't he? He was like, if, if you don't belong to me, then you belong to the other side. And we don't like to think about that. We all like to think that we're good people. We're good people. And 
yeah, we're not like Hitler, are we? So in that sense, we are good people. But in reality, we're not. <laughs> we're all sinful. <laughs> None of us meet God's mark. And we never will. But that's okay, because we've got Jesus. So it's good. There's hope for that. But we need to remember <laughs> that, you know, we do have things wrong. What, what are we living for? Are we living for the truth? If we're not living for the truth, then we're living for the opposite of that. Yeah, it's a hard thing to think about, but it's true. If we're not God, you know, living for God, like, like Jesus said, you're the father of the devil. You're like a son of the devil who speaks lies. Now, when we think, when we think about the devil, which I don't really like to think about him that much, one of his um, sort of tactics, okay, is two truths and a lie. Now, when we started this in our first one, we started with a game, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. And we did two truths and a lie. don't know if you've ever heard of that game, but the idea is you think of three statements, okay, and one of them has to be a lie, the other one's a truth, and you tell them to your partner, and they have to kind of guess which one is the lie. But obviously, you don't want to make it super obvious. You want to kind of trick them, so it's kind of hard. Um, so that's always a fun, fun icebreaker to play. But I think often um, this kind of tactic happens in our lives all the time and we don't necessarily think about it. You might be thinking, for example, God is a good God. He is a good God. Amen, right? It's the truth. He loves you. He does. God loves us. Second truth. He just wants you to be happy. Sounds nice. Is that the truth? Does, does God just want, is he just there to make us happy? If we begin to think about that, we won't go into it now because you unpack it, okay? It sounds good. It, it sounds kind of true, but it's not true, okay? God's not just there just to make you happy in life. That's, that's not what we're thinking about. Joyful, joy in the Lord, yes, but we all know that there's, bad times that happen, yeah? We're not going to be happy all the time. It's not, it's not true. Or this is especially true in our culture today. You might have a best friend. They might be the most awesome friend. So you think, number one, true. They're, they're the best friend. They're so good. I love them. They're always there for me. It's great. Second truth, they're so reliable. And they're also, they're really pretty as well. Really pretty. They look great. Second truth. Third truth, wow. If they're really pretty and they're really great, I must be attracted to them. That, that must be it. Two truths and a lie. I think often we think the truth, uh, the lies, are really easy to spot, but they're not. And I think about when Jesus was in, um, being tempted in the desert, okay? And he was just, Say, you know, saying what he said, and Jesus is replying with the scripture, you know, nope, that's not true, I'm going to reply with the scripture. But then hang on a minute, Satan says the scripture at Jesus. He's like tricking Jesus, he's like, well, fine then, if you go into the word, it says this, what are you going to say about that? So, do you see what I'm saying here? Like, he doesn't always use really obvious Lies, okay? <laughs> it's sometimes wrapped up in sort of partial truths and even using the Bible against you. 
And we all know these kind of, you hear these horrible stories about how people abuse the Bible and they twist it and turn it into something that it's not. It can be done, and you hear about this. But I think, actually, we do that more often than we think we do. Might come back to that bit. Let that sink in. Are we still, we're still here? Okay, good. Okay. okay, next one. Truths can sound nice and empowering. Truths, okay, not the truth, truth. But actually can lead to bondage. Okay, so my daughter Isla, she's obsessed with her tablet, as most children and teens are. And she watches all sorts of programs, obviously appropriate ones. Um, but recently she watched a program called Is It Cake? Has anyone heard of that program before? Is it cake? For those that don't know, the object of the program is, it's a competition, okay? Baking competition where people are given an object, such as a microphone, and they have to make a cake that looks exactly like the microphone. Weird concept, I know. So you have like all these different cakes and one of the real ones, you know, the real microphone there. And people have to guess which is the real one and which is the fake one. And there's like a cash prize. I mean, to me, that sounds very interesting. Who knew that someone might say, when I grow up, I want to be a baker that bakes cakes that look exactly like objects. But it's a thing. <laughs> it is totally a thing now. Who knew? But I always find that really funny because it's just... It's a, firstly, it's an amazing skill how people do this. And um, it's not just like little things like that. But handbags, I've seen people like make cakes of like their face and it actually looks like a real person. It's scary. And then until they cut it and then obviously, you know. <laughs> but um, anyway, I say that because sometimes we just want to feel... Like I said earlier, you know, we want, we want to feel happy. We want to feel uplifted. We want to feel empowered. We want, you know, we just want to go through life. We've got enough stuff going on. We, we want to feel good. And quite often, there are truths that are thrown out, and they sound great, and they look great. And uh, I just feel so good about that. <sighs> but actually, once we take a closer look, it's not actually true. So we're just living a lie, <laughs> which isn't great at all, is it? So truths can sound nice and empowering, but they lead to bondage. So further down the line, we don't even know, how on earth did we get here? That's because we've just followed the little lies that have been wrapped up in all this kind of fancy cake, but not cake. Um, <laughs> how did we get this far? Okay, so... How can we discern the truth then? How can we discern the truth? Firstly, we need to recognize the real enemy. Okay? Recognize the real enemy. Often, people say things to us, it's encouraging, that they're, they're meaning the, the right thing, yeah? They're trying to help, and they don't even realize they're being deceived themselves, okay? Because otherwise it's just too far gone. But ultimately, they're being deceived. You know, I, I saw this quote. Discernment isn't knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. That's a Charles Spurgeon quote. Um, quote. 
And I think that's right. We always feel like, oh, we know right and wrong. You don't murder. That's, that's an obvious one. You know, don't lie. Yeah. But actually, it's so hard, isn't it, to see the little things that are almost right. But almost right doesn't actually make them right. Recognize the real enemy. People may be seeing, saying these things and they don't realize they're being deceived themselves. Okay, we have to realize, remember Jonathan's, um, when he was dressed all in the, the army gear, we're in a battle, yeah? We have to realize, okay, that there is an enemy, and we don't like to talk about it because it sounds really serious, and, but it's true. There is an enemy, and he's trying to work against us, okay? He doesn't want us to be in relationship with God, and he's not going to always do it in the obvious ways. He's going to do it in the subtle ways, in the almost truths, the almost rights. So recognize we are in a battle. There is an enemy out there. It's not always people, although it can come in the form of people sometimes. But think about what's really going on behind the scenes. Then we need to think about what is the truth claim? So what, what, what are they claiming here? What, it is, what is it that they're actually saying? We need to have a look at the language. What do they mean by that? Define the terms. Dig a little deeper. See what you mean. See what they mean. And then finally, we need to compare the counterfeit to the original. Compare the counterfeit to the original. Now, I always think of uh, when I was a youth, and I do love handbags. And every time I went on holiday... I'd go and find a handbag, and I'd really want like a nice designer handbag, but obviously I haven't got the money to get a designer handbag. So we'd have a look at all these stalls, you know, and basically you're looking for the best fake one, yeah? So the one with like, <laughs> you don't want something spelt wrong like pra Prada, but it's spelt, I don't know, Prida or something like that. You know, you do see bags like that. So close, yeah. Not. So you're looking for the best fake one, yeah? So you can go and you look like you've got the goods, but actually you haven't shelled out however much it is to, to get the real thing. Or when you think about money and counterfeit money, when, when they're making counterfeit money, it's not obvious. They want to make it as close to the real thing as they can get, but they actually can't get it close. So when I worked in a shop, you know, we had, I don't know if people still have them, the pens, and you have to scribble on the notes to see, if, and you have to look at the thing. I mean, the, the notes now are crazy insane. But when we're thinking about counterfeits, they're so, so close. So close to the truth. So how do we even know? Well, we have to compare it to the original. Okay. How do we know what the real thing is? We study the real thing, okay? We get to know the real thing. When I first did those two truths and a lie with the young people, um, most of them got it wrong, so I won. Um, but one of them, too much information. I have a very long tongue. That, that is a fact. I'm not going to show you now. But one of my, my lie was, I have a very long tongue and I can touch my nose. I do have a very long tongue. However, I cannot touch my nose, but most of them thought I could. And I said, to be honest, the only person that probably knows that I can't touch my nose 
is Dan, because he's my husband. <laughs> and so he knows me well enough to know that I have a very long tongue, but I can't touch my nose because it's really heavy. But anyway, it's a bit gross. A bit gross. <laughs> um, how do we know what the real thing is? Well, we have to study the real thing. We have to learn what the real thing is. We have to understand what God's character is, what his nature is. We have to know the whole story of the Bible, the complete story and how it all fits together. I'm not saying this is easy, by the way. <laughs> um, but if we're just picking, like people picking, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. It's very easy to miss everything that's gone around that. First of all, he says, if you do what I ask, <laughs> so if you obey my teachings, then you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. And then, he, you know, we've gone through it already. So there's all this we've kind of mi missed. It's very easy just to pick one verse out. I always say to the young people as well, did you know it says in the Bible that God is not real? And they're like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, it does. But it also says the fool in his heart says there is no God. Yeah? So if you just took there is no God, well, yeah, it does say in the Bible there is no God, but you missed the bit. That's, yeah? So context is key here to understanding what God is about, understanding the gospel, understanding salvation story, and how, how we are now. Yeah? It's, it's complex, but if you can understand the Marvel universe, you can understand God's universe, right? and how, how it works in the Bible, okay? So we need to learn more about God. We need to understand him as much as we can, because, of course, we're still human. God reveals himself through his word. And we need the Holy Spirit. We need good counsel, okay? So we need to understand the real thing. We need to study the real thing so that we can understand where those little lies come in. And they seem so nice, <laughs> but they're not always true. And if we're not living for the truth, then what are we living for? But we have a good God, don't we? We do have a good God. Now, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm just going to get everyone to have a, a moment to think. And I'm going to ask God to let us bring some of those lies that we might have into our minds. We all have them. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to see the lies, the pretty little lies that are in there, that are wrapped up in what looks like the truth. Maybe it's two truths and a lie, just slotted in there. Lord, I pray that you would help us, that you would reveal yourself to us, Lord. Help us to understand you more. Help us to get to know you more so that we can study you, so that we know the real thing, so that we can spot the counterfeits in our lives, Lord. We thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for us, Lord, to be truth bearers in this generation where we're so caught up in living our truth that there's no room in our hearts for you, Lord. We're so consumed by what we feel, by what our preferences are. Or maybe it's just something that's, the truth is just awkward and uncomfortable and we don't want to have to deal with it. But it's the truth. And we need to hear the truth. Because if we're not living for the truth, what are we living for? 
So God, I ask you to speak to every person here, Lord Jesus. Reveal those things that we need to sort out. We want to be free. We really want to be free. The truth will set us free and we will be free indeed. Lord, we need you in every area of our lives. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.